is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground Well, good evening. It's a Wednesday night, and that means it's podcast night. It's too rare in this town, you're out of luck And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is stuck Yes, it's time for... I can't believe it. Football, by the hell. Well, you heard the man. It's time for football. Bloody hell. The traffic is stuck. And you're not moving anywhere. You thought you found a friend. To take you out of this place. Someone you can lend. The gang are all here. We're here to discuss all the latest football topics. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Football Bloody Hell. And all of a sudden... Summer has arrived again. It's really hot. I don't know what it is like up in Yeovil, but down here in Perra, it's uh, very hot. So uh, that's nice. At least we're going to get a little bit more summer anyway. Now, tonight's guest, um, back from wallowing in Moldova or some such uh, forbidden place, Paul Thorpe. How are you, Paul? Good evening, everyone. And it's nice to see that I've brought the sun back from yeah. Spain. Yeah, well done, mate. So, uh, which was absolutely lovely. You've done well there, old dog. And uh, also we are joined today by Mr Josh Staunton from Yeovertown Football Club. Hi, Josh. Hi, Eddie. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me back on. Oh, that's all right, mate. You know, you're a celebrity. You won 2-0, two, two, no, one wasn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm here and Gladys is here. I mean, Hilda. I mean, Paul. Or, uh, no, David. <laughs> Get there in the air. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, let the listeners yeah. know it's me. Yeah. <laughs> Who, how can we ever forget you? You know, I mean, it's just... Absolutely. It's just not on, is it? It's not even thinkable, really. But... Um, Ratings of sword now, isn't it? Ratings of sword. Yeah. <laughs> but since um, we, we're very lucky to have a member of the... Oh, hello. What's going on there? Uh, a member of the Overtown squad, i.e. Josh. Um, Josh... Um, <coughs> one nil victory. I thought you looked very comfortable yep. on Saturday. I, I don't know what you feel. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought we were um, we were comfortable. We probably sat. We probably in the few, in coming months we'll hope to have more dominant second halves. But uh, I think first half we looked comfortable. We probably played some of the best football we played all season. We had a fifteen minute spell in the second half where they changed their shape a bit. We were just slow getting to grab grips with it, and we went dropped a bit deep. But on the whole, I think it was quite a comfortable one nil. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, they did have a little spell in the second half, but I mean, it didn't really come to much, did it, at the end of the day? And then you came on strong at the end again. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think not many games you dominate. You, there's always ebbs and flows in there. Sometimes you backs up against it for 10 minutes. And uh, we had that period and we weathered the storm, defended it well, kept them to minimal chances. And then, like you say, we come on strong at the end. I think the boys looked fit. And in the end, it could have been 2 or 3 nil really. I know you've only played two games, um, <coughs> but um, you know what, what's your opinion of the the National League this season? I presume you've watched the highlights as well as uh, just the two games. 
uh, yeah, I've been. I think to be honest, the first six, five, six weeks are always a bit cagey. I think it's always hard to to gauge. There's a lot of results which late latter in the latter parts of the season they're a lot easier predict, to predict. Whereas the first six weeks, I always I always think they're a bit. No one's really found found form yet, so everyone's kind of a bit cagey. There's a lot of one nils, other than this weekend where there's a lot of goals. <laughs> but um, I think there's, I think you don't really get a true idea of how who's going to be strong in the league until probably after the first month, I'd say personally. Yeah, um, and what you've got an awful lot of new teammates. Um, give us your opinion on. Well, this is embarrassing now, isn't it? Um, but I mean, have a. Have have we got any jokers amongst the team? Shall we say? You know, what are they all like uh, as a bunch of guys? Yeah, no. Jordan Jordan Barnett's a funny funny character. He's a lively young lad, but um, he's always joking around. To be fair, the group's good. It's really good. It's a lot younger than last year, but I think the everyone seems to have bought into what we want to do, and and the I think the passion is there to see on the pitch. I think in the dressing room, it's it's quite it's quite it's a very well extremely tight really because a lot of the boys are of similar age, so. Hmm. They kind of it's a lot easier to have things in common off the pitch. So I think uh it's pulling us together and I think like I, I personally feel like on the pitch the boys are willing to run through brick walls for each other. And I think that's a that's a because of how close we all are off the pitch and like you say, we've got some real characters in the group and but they've got the older boys who, who keep an eye on the young lads and <laughs> try and keep them in check a little bit. Thorpey, you got something to say? Yeah, I'll just um I think I've said this before like but it's very very hard to get a nucleus of players and it's and when you get a nucleus of players like they've had a big change uh, I think Josh can add on to this as well you know they've had a massive change from last year we thought the group of players last year and the season before were, were, were excellent there were a lot of experience in there you know and uh, they re- really um, you know, a difficult season last year but all of a sudden there's been a massive change of players and a big influx of young talented players you know and, and it's I'm not going to ask Josh the question how's it been about knitting those players together because you know, the manager and, and, and uh, Skibbo have got a very difficult job about you've got the nucleus of players you've got to like find the right position you've got to understand what their mentality is like you know so try and explain to the, the listeners what it's about and, and if the changes that have been made so that those nucleus of players can try and knit together quicker rather than later because I've, you know, it does annoy me. Said about oh, Yovatown are crap this year because they're not playing well. People don't understand, and the fans don't understand how important it is that you knit together really quickly yeah. and find out where that right winger might end up being a right back, or a, you know, a, a, a number ten might be a better holding role midfield player, and, and the importance of that as a team dynamics, but also as a squad dynamics as regards to relationships within the group. Uh, and finding their feet as quickly as possible. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I think I think. It was, and the thing is, like, we're in a position now where we're still probably learning because we lost ten days with COVID for a lot of boys. Mm. So we had a small, a very, very small group of us still being out of train, and them ten days and two games. The only way you really learn, thought you know that thought is by minutes on the pitch, isn't it? You you yeah. you do what you want in training, but until you cross over that line you don't see the true person and I think losing them two games in pre-season hasn't isn't affected us physically or where we want to go as a team it's probably just kept held us back a little bit in terms of like you say understand each other that I can go here when he gets it because he's going to do this and, and things like that and and uh, I think that's probably why 
we're, we're, I think once we hit our stride and we learn to play with each other more and more, I think by week six, seven in the week, I think season, I think we'll be we'll be in a much better place to know where we stand as a team and yeah. where say where in, each individual's strengths lie and where their weaknesses lie. And because at the moment we're still we're still very raw in terms of we're making mistakes on the pitch because we're just not quite knitted. We're not we're not quite on the way, same way wavelength with every single player just through. She, you learn that in time. Not many, not many people walk onto a pitch and understand the person they're playing with right away. And yeah, uh, absolutely. We're trying. We're, tra- we're we're working on it in training, obviously, every day. But I think the the only real test of time is 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 minutes on the pitch and competitive minutes are a priceless. Like if you'd have said to me, Mossy at right back would have come in at 20 years old and only played three senior games and put on the performance he's he's put on, I would have said. I wouldn't have expected it. Do you know what I mean? But he's come in. He looks like a man playing at, at right back, even though he's only what twenty twenty one. And yeah. the more you play with these players, the more you learn from them. So, just understand each other's habits and and where their strengths lie. It's like as a centre half, you you know the strengths. Like you know, it, back in my day, Tom Ritchie. You know, I was reading some of the Jerry Gow story, like who's the, the silly sod that signed me at the overall. You know, and uh, uh, you know, but he, he he knew he knew my strengths, and he said just keep on doing that. And then I can sweep up hard to keep trying to win the ball. Yeah, yeah. And sweep. So when you've got to know where those players are, and also, like you say, you know where your right back's going to be, whether he's yeah, going to yeah. tuck in more, whether he's going to be outright. So you can instantly put the ball out to him, which makes yeah, yeah. the whole dynamics of the game quicker, faster. Yeah. It's harder to defend against. And, and trying to build that up just doesn't happen over a short no. period of time. Sometimes it can take you know a hell of a lot, uh, yeah. a, a lot of time. Yeah, every, everywhere on the pitch, every position is a relationship, isn't it? So, like, the relationship between yeah. the left and the right back, me and the left winger, me and the left whack, me and the centre-half behind me. And these relationships don't just happen at a click of a finger. You learn more and more about the person and the player every time you, you go into the building. So, I think that's why it's important we just keep going from strength to strength. And the yeah. more we learn about each other, the, the better we should become as a team. Yeah, great. I think it's important. Yeah, thanks for that anyway. That's right. Melda, you've got something to say? Yeah, I just wanted to touch on um, the game itself on Saturday. Uh, we were there, obviously, doing the commentary as per. And um, I just wondered from your perspective, Josh, because there's a lot of talk amongst the fans when the BT cameras come to town. And I think I think it was something like possibly that was uh, six games, I think, without a win in front of the BT cameras. And I think Darren mentioned it um, sort of tongue-in-cheek when he was interviewed um, when I caught the highlights on the TV afterwards. Does stuff like that kind of get talked about in the dressing room or is it all kind of all sort of in a banter kind of way or is it all more talk amongst the fans because obviously not every person would have been involved in all of those games? Yeah, I think, to be honest, when you've had a... Especially when you've had a big t- influx of new players like we have, that freshness of the group is is priceless, really. When you come into situations like this, like that, because a lot of boys in the last two seasons, if they were here involved in them losses, they feel they they feel a much more personal attachment to it. Whereas when you've got young lads, a, a group of new players, especially young lads these days, who uh, their mentality is that a lot of them are fearless. So when they come in and it means it makes no bones to them if they're playing and we have one six on the on the bounce. And a lot you could probably count on one hand. Well, the people who have actually played, been involved in the games on TV yeah. in, that, in that team. So when you bring in a new, a new group of players, you bring in that freshness in the whole group. 
even in the way we trap the way you train the way you sit prepare for a match day that refresh that refresh group is is for moments like that when you like when you've got that bad energy behind you or then bad thoughts that's when they pay dividends because none of them had experienced it so for them it's just another game of football and forever and, and that mentality carries to the whole squad so it was, it was it's in some ways having a new squad pays into your favor in situations like that bearing in mind that uh, you won only one nil and it was a penalty um what's your theory on penalties because when you think about it if you blast it straight down the middle as joe did um nine times out of ten surely the keeper's got to make a decision go left or right so therefore if you bag it down the middle you should score every time uh, how do you subscribe to that theory well the theory is spot on isn't it but <laughs> football's not a game of theory is it yeah no no exactly you look like an idiot so yeah everyone would go and if, ever, if he stood there and caught it everyone would go why does he just hit it down the middle so that's that's the nerve of a penalty taker that's the skill of taking a penalty yeah uh, for me to sit here and say what you should and shouldn't do mm. at the end of the day you put it in the back of the net and luckily the goalie went either side so yeah and another day he might sit there and caught it and everyone's saying why is he going down the middle but he's, so, uh, he's Joe's certainly on fire at the moment. Um, is it four goals in it, or is it three, three or four? Four, four, four. Or three. Yeah, he's looking sharp. Yeah, even in training he looks sharp, and he's come back strong and fit. He look, he's running around. It's even the work off the ball, which people probably don't notice. He's like he does a running of two men up there, and and he's coming. He's getting his goals as a reward. But he's just working so hard. He's he's um at this. He's on cloud nine at the moment, and hopefully he just keeps riding the wave of scoring goals because. It's only beneficial for the team, especially as I don't think we haven't, we haven't had another goal scorer at the moment. But that will come. I'm sure, that will come definitely. Well, certainly, certainly his his current form has has made up for the loss of Reese Murphy, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Any 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 player who's got four and three isn't going to be dropped anyway. So it wouldn't mm. matter who's at the club, he'd be playing. So long may it continue, really. Yeah, Torpy. Yeah, I just think that when uh, Joe Quigley first came to the club, I mean, he looked uh, in, in fairly good shape and, you know, he showed little glimpses. Didn't get a lot of game time, you know, but then after a while, he, he sort of like came in through injury and all of a sudden, you know, the, the, he looked a different player. He looked so he'd lost a bit of weight. He looked so he'd worked really hard in training. And all of a sudden we saw this this different player, this player, you know, who's, who's agile around there, puts defenders under under immense pressure and... You know, and then really, it's, it's goal-scoring ability. And what I like about him is the fact that he scores good goals, and that's always lovely to see, but he scores the scrappy goals as well. And I think that's the real true sign of a, a good striker who's always going to score goals. And, you know, when he's going to be confident, you know, then 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 you were seeing the type of form that he's showing now. And it's this has been a build-up since he's been at the club, and um, I can't compliment him enough. He He's really worked hard at his game. And it's not just about his, his uh, goal-scoring ability, it's about his physical shape and his mentality. And I think his mentality is, has been, for this level of football, is second to none. He could certainly play higher, and I think we're lucky to have him. Yeah. Hilda? Yeah, I just wanted to touch on what you were saying there, Josh, about um, lots of personnel changes uh, and stuff throughout um, this season, coming into the new season. Obviously, with that... There's been some formation changes as well uh, because I know Darren did like a sort of a diamond last season, but now um, so far we've seen this this season we've got sort of a settled back four um, yourself and Dell 
um, in the middle. Um, just for yourself personally, how do you feel within yourself? Obviously, the issues you had with injuries last season in particular. Are you feeling good about um, you know your the, the season ahead? And certainly from what I've seen so far of you, mate, you look like you haven't been away at all. Yeah, I think um, physically I feel probably better than I've ever felt. Like in terms of before I got injured and and it was a lot of hard work for seven months, but now I'm I'm hoping to reap the rewards. I'm still finding my feet on a football pitch, so to speak, because after seven months, there's still habits you get out, you lose. Whereas, in hopefully in five, four, four or five games times, I'll be back in my old habits. And but now I've, I feel like I'm much better physically than I ever have been. So I'm hoping that can push me to to different levels I've never been at. Uh, I definitely feel. There's times I feel like I've been away and I think, oh, that was sloppy or I've misread that or just my, I walk off and I think, oh, I should have done this, should have done that. But on the whole, I'm I'm pleased with how I've come back. Uh, I think physically I've done, gone above and beyond what I, what I needed to do to get back and, and I don't feel out of place on a football pitch, which was the main thing for me. I've had no soreness, so touch wood. We, uh, it stays like that and I can just keep progressing because... I know in myself there's plenty more to come from me and it's just a case of not learning, but it's walking before you can run kind of thing because it's still early days for me coming back. So it's just a case of I don't need to force anything for me because it will will come back naturally. And uh, I believe myself and I I think the job I'm doing for the team is doing, I'm doing okay at the moment, but hopefully in three or four weeks time, I'll be doing even more for the team and, and, and making up for lost time, really. Just how difficult was it to cope with? You come into a new club and bang, you're injured. And, and injured, not just, you know, a little cut on your knee, you're injured for seven months. I mean, that is, must have been very difficult to cope with mentally, wasn't it? Yeah, I was, to be fair, Eddie, I was having a, I was, it was a real rough time, mate. I, I lost my best friend with cancer in, at the end of October. Uh, and I then got injured basically to start the next game hmm. so I and then I had uh, all my scans and stuff and people were telling me I'd never one surgeon told me I'd be I gave me a 20% chance of walking again hmm. so so for a few months I didn't feel sorry for myself but I felt well was the world was beating me up kind of thing but uh, I think luckily I found a positive in a negative and found a way to drive myself and it gave me a motivation I'd, I hadn't had before, hadn't ever needed before, uh, and I dug myself out of it. and And I, my main aim was to make sure I came back and prove people wrong. And then, then once I've found myself, I'll come back. I, I made a, I tried coming back stronger than ever. And unfortunately, I've so far so good. So hopefully, there's plenty more to come. Long may it continue, Toby. Yeah, definitely. No, I was just going to sort of say the same. It's just that uh, you know you've, you've you've obviously had that injury, and I didn't know about the other bits and pieces. But now I've now I, you know I've heard that it's even more credit to yourself because you know you've come back and your mentality. I think the age thing is you know is is not a huge factor yourself because you're physically fit and you're in good condition. But to go through those sort of mentality things, you know, like being told that you may not walk again, losing a loved one. You know, it's unfortunately happened to me. I remember losing Malcolm Gold and another lad called Matt. He was a rugby player, a good friend of mine. You know, and then losing part of my family. Like you know, those 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 time 
times are very, very difficult. So I can't only compliment you for coming through that, but you've you've shown a real determination this year. Um, and you know, for me as as an ex centre half, I know I really want to see your character come through this year and drive this team on, so that we may have had a slow start, but you know I think people will see your mentality, you know, and also the the guys around you. You know, when you get that unity as a defensive, you know, tightness, which we didn't really have last year, did we? Yeah. You know, and um, if we can get that together and go on a little run of, of, you know, I think your mentality will really drive that through. And that's what I want to see. And I know it's inside you because I've, yeah. I've only spoke to you a few times, but I can see it. You know, yeah, and yeah. I can see that little spark and that determination already in the, the way you're playing. And um, I think you're integral. You're, you are, you don't realise, maybe you do realise how important you are this season about driving, you know, and just keep on driving those youngsters to, to yeah, success because no, they'll they'll appreciate it hugely. No, definitely, I think. But well, well done for coming back, you know, in, with that mindset of what you've gone through because that's not that's not easy. I, I know coming through a, a long, you know, I was in a young youngster at Bristol City and I had a bad injury and it's it's not it's not easy. You know, mine was easily no, no. sorted, but yours wasn't. Like, so yeah, I do yeah. really really compliment you and and. Uh, yeah, keep it going, Sonna. Keep it going. Thanks, mate. Yeah. No, no, it gives you a nice sense of perspective, to be honest. When something like that happens, you kind of realise what life's all about, and then it gave, it gave me a, a new lease of life. Really, I was I've come out of it a better person and a better hope, a better physical person player as well. So hopefully, it improves my football as well. So fingers yeah. crossed. Yes, Absolutely, yeah. you also realise how short this career is, don't you? Yeah, so, yeah, definitely, yeah. You know, and then you appreciate it so much more, and then. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. No, I was just going to say, uh, Josh, obviously it's very early, so I'm not going to say talk about looking at the table or anything at this at this point. But um, how, how do you found that the seasons um, started with, with you boys at the moment? Because obviously you had the disappointment of not being able to get that um, almost that Hollywood fixture to start with, wasn't it? It was going to be Wrexham away. And then obviously it was difficult... Um, well, I say difficult. Obviously, the circumstances of the Kings Lynn game changed, obviously, when Worthington, unfortunately, was sent off before half-time. And then, obviously, you know, that, that changed everything, really, in terms of, you know, the, the dynamic of the game was always going to change a little bit. But, obviously, since then, going away from home and then picking it up with another win, um, six points from, from nine available at the moment, you've got to be... Uh, pretty happy with that, but possibly frustrated that it's not a bit more because of the circumstances of the Kings Lynn match. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's disappointing. What happened? What, the way we lost at Kings Lynn was disappointed. But I, I played under John Steele, and he taught me one of the most important lessons I've ever learned in football: that never be too high, never be too low, because there is going to be ups and downs along the way. And but we, we're a young group learning, and and. Anyone who thinks you just walk out there at three o'clock and win every every game you play is is the most naive fan in, in the world. So you got no right. We have no, there's no right to win any game of football, and and unfortunately we fell we fell short at Kings Lynn, and I'm sure throughout the season there'll be times we're disappointed again. But that is that is the the roller coaster of football. But the most important thing in the group is the young lads don't the young lads learn that there is highs and lows and we have to find a, a happy medium where we keep progressing on a on a gradual slope rather than one week we feel like we've just won the World Cup next week we feel like we've been relegated three leagues you know what I mean so I think it's important that we we the senior boys in that dressing room look after the young lads because 
the lows feel really low, but we we lost a game of football. There's there was plenty there's plenty more to come, and obviously we'd have loved to have gone out there and held on. Ten game, ten men changed the game, and and to be honest, I think they're quite. I, I think they're a hard team to play against when you've got ten men because I, 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 Ian Culverhouse was my assistant manager at Dagenham, and he's a true pure football man, and and they have people moving on to side pockets, and it makes makes life difficult with eleven men, let alone ten. And and unfortunately that day we couldn't quite hold on, but there'll be plenty of times where we nick a one nil when we should when we've deserved to lose. So unfortunately we have to take the rough of this move. We we dust ourselves down and we had a game in 48 hours and we, we managed to win it. So that was, for me, for that group of, of young boys on their first true test, they stood up and they we went again on Monday and we won the, we won the game. That was the most important thing. And, and I've seen a I've seen a tightness in that group of group of boys, which I've never played with. I've never had a dressing room like, quite like that, where I think them boys, them boys would, would have a right go for every... I look around that dressing room and to me, the age doesn't scare me. Like I don't look at them and think there's a lot of young kids because I'm looking at boys and I'm thinking, when you step out there, you you you're like a man. You come back in here, and and they're gonna, there's going to be some rough. There's lessons learned, and and maybe winning on the losing on the first day will will, will help us in the long run hmm. because it gave a gave gave a group the taste of it's not just going to be plain sailing. We have to dig in, and I know, I know myself that there's plenty plenty more to come from this group of boys. And I'm really excited for, for where it could go, to be honest. Well, I'm going to be very controversial now. And I know that probably, I'm certain Thorpe will be against me on this one, but we'll see. Um, <clears throat> you all know I support Man United. And on was it Friday no. or Shut up. Uh, was it Friday or Saturday night the Women's League was on against Reading? So I thought, well, it is my team after all. I'd better watch it. So I watched a bit of it. And to say that I was totally underwhelmed is an understatement. I just couldn't get excited about it. I thought the whole thing was just oh, rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Overhyped. Um, commentators think they know everything and they don't really know an awful lot. I thought it was absolutely awful. Just as I thought the internationals were awful, but we'll get to them in a minute. So what did you guys think? Did any of you watch it? And if so, what did you think? I didn't watch it. Hey, I didn't watch it, but um, to be honest, I haven't really seen an awful lot of it. The only thing I can really compare it to is that um, I have enjoyed um, the World Cups and the Euros that have been televised uh, when it's been on. But I can only assume that now that they've got you know the Sky Sports rights um, is going to raise the profile and is the the season progresses you'll get more people through the turnstiles etc and it, it might be a you know a bigger spectacle than what you're getting at the moment um Thorpe, i don't know if you've caught much of it or if any any of it at all so far this season yeah oh, okay so there's two ways that i sort of see it one is the international side which i thought has been really really good very excellent mm. the club the club side is is still in development for sure so we've got to start somewhere, haven't we? We've got to have a starting block where it is. Have it's we? The fastest growing sport. I think absolutely you've got to. You got to. It, listen, it, it's, it's here to stay. You know, it's, it, it's also in America. It's been around for donkey's years. Been football for women has been around in, in England for donkey's years. But it's about the development. The development has come on leaps and bounds. Now the golf from the top clubs to the to the the, the lower clubs in the Premiership is huge. 
is absolutely huge. Now, what the game has got to do over the next 10 years, and it's going to take that long, is about developing it into a product, into a global product. The global product is there, but it's not as big as what the men's, obviously, because, you know, that is huge. The premierships, as we talked about before, is about as a global product, is massive, you know. Um, but the women's game needs developing, and that's going to take a little bit more time. The physicality has, has, has got to develop. You know, I think, um, I know that I've been speaking to a lot of the coaches, you know, that they find them uh, mentally uh, more switched on a little bit in the technical side of the, the game, um, where maybe the men's is a little bit more flippant with that side of it. But they, they find that, that it, it, you know, I think it's definitely going to need developing. Um, I think that it needs people won over, you know, and you're, you're definitely one of those AD I know, <laughs> winning winning over but you've got to start there and I just think that the financial side of it is going to be important because it needs to succeed you know we can't have it failing you know and um, and also the development of our younger players is going to be evident to bring those into the game and making those into world class players instead of like just an, you know average premiership footballers you know I think that Listen, you know the, the Premiership has has developed over over like in such a long period, where it's now so strong that everybody wants to play it. You know, it, it may if it went the other way, like the Chinese league, because the Chinese have tried it and it's failed. So everyone has a starting block. You need to you need to promote it properly. You need to develop it properly. You need to get the quality of player coming through. You know, America's going to be really really important. China's going to be really important about bringing those players in at the right times and not just flood it for the sake of flooding it with foreign players and developing the young English players into into our premier our top you know league in, in women's football well I've just oh, got four letters to describe it mate C-R-A-P <laughs> Thorpe can I ask a question yeah. about that yeah so me and a few of the boys were talking about girls football uh, ladies football last year yeah and we said that Obviously, a lot of people. I've never. I can't say I've ever really watched it. To be honest, I'm not a massive uh, football watcher anyway. But um, the uh, a lot of the a lot of complaints is it's it's slow and it's like slow, isn't it? That's what they say. Hmm. And we yeah. said would it be better playing with like a size four ball and a smaller pitch because like in cricket you don't play on a girls don't play on a full size boundary. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Now, oh, we are getting close to. <sighs> What's politically now? This this is the problem with our society <laughs> now. What is politically right and what is politically wrong? You know, reduce now. I, I would have no problem with reducing the size of the ball because you got to realise, you know, and this is not me being male chauvinistic or anything like that. The physicality of a guy against a bloke yeah, is 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 so different, isn't it? And it's even things like the size of feet, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, the size of feet. So like if, if I looked around our dressing room, I'd probably say a lot of boys have got nines and tens. You're not going to see yeah. many nines and tens in a girls' football team, are you? No, no. And, I mean, and that's the the, like we thought the pace and the power. If you if you're saying the average female is weaker than a bloke, yeah. physically less capable, physically less capable on average. Yeah. The reduce of pitch would nullify that. The reduction of the size of the pitch would nullify any difference. So in terms of the areas they have to cover, would look similar to what man. The men's game, yeah, and it would, and, and not be, you know, not be funny. It would, it would make the game quicker. Yeah, exactly. You know, their clo- closing down would be quicker. 
Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I listen. Why not? Why not try that? And I think that that's where it needs to be developing. You know, yeah. the the unfortunate um, thing about it is, you know, is is he's got Megan uh, Rap Rapinoe. Yeah. yeah. Um, you and know, one, if you ask her that question, she'd probably rip your head off. But the reality, <laughs> the reality yeah, is, they, yeah, their yeah. game needs developing. You know, they'll say, no, leave it as it is. You know, um, they leave it as it is. We need to develop as footballers. You know, and because she wants equal money, yeah. and I'm going. Yeah. How can you ask for equal money? You know, you, you you you're starting to develop your game. You know, the world global product is really good at the moment, but it's still a million miles behind. Yeah, and, and you know, it's like women's women's tennis has got the equal money now, and it it galls me. And I don't want to I don't want to be this male chauvinist pig on on the radio, but it galls me if you want equal money, play five sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're playing three sets. Now, if you want equal money, play five sets. Why are the women not playing five sets? I don't know why. Yeah. You know, why in some no, tournaments just, you just, go... Like, just something we it, thought we spoke about last year, and I thought, I've, yeah. I've never really spoke to anyone who, who actually has an understanding of ladies' football, so I thought, why not? Why well, I, 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 listen, I, I, I'm an avid football watcher, you know, yeah. um, you know, and I, and I, I do, I, I really enjoyed watching... Listen... We get bad blokes games, terrible, yeah, shocking yeah, yeah. games. I watched, I watched one in the championship right at the start of the season. I came up and I was like, "Oh my god! If that's going to be the standard this year, <laughs> th- then the championship's gone down." We know it's just one more. It's just one game, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it's yeah. just, it just happens to be the bad one, like you know. And yeah. We played in, Josh. We played in plenty of games like that, yeah, and yeah, they're, yeah. they're absolute <laughs> shockers. You think, thank God that game's over, like you know, but. Yeah, you know, so it happens in all in all in all sports. You know, um, I mean, I I've been watching the Paralympics whilst on holiday and and uh, to the early hours of the morning, and um, which has hugely annoyed my wife because she's still here. She's like, I'm trying to get to sleep, you know. But I've been <laughs> amazed by the um, you know the the, the the rugby, you know, the, the the actual like in the wheelchairs, the, the yeah. rugby, absolutely breathtaking sport. The basketball in the wheelchairs. You know the, the accuracy of their shooting is absolutely phenomenal, and um, and also the swimming. You know, it, oh, just breathtaking. Like, but um, it, I just think that it's, it's one of those things. It, I think it's a really good idea. Put that to Rapinoe, and she, you know, yeah, she'll yeah. probably say no chance. What yeah. are you doing? To, what are you trying to you're trying to devalue us or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, so the answer is let it develop and let it develop at its own speed, and and hopefully. It is, but it is a really good idea to close it down a little bit. It wouldn't have to be a lot, would it? And I think that I think there's also realms within the, foot, the football league of pitch sizes that probably would allow that, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, if you played at a Wokens ground compared to the cool. Jewish Park, you, you, yeah. you, the game would feel much quicker because it, it, I know for a fact when I play out there, it does. It feels like you've got not, you've not got a yard of space. So pitch yeah. dimension is massive in, in, in a game of football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Huge. I know that... Such a difference. With, Listen, Wimbledon used to do it every single game. They used to look at the team they're playing. He said, "Right, let's grow the grass longer in the corners because yeah. that'll hold the ground up. And put a little bit of water through the middle, and we'll just bash it down the corner. And you make sure you get there because it's going to hold up." Yeah. They used to do it all the time, and they used to get away with it. Oh, today I remember Brian Hall once said, "You know, to the to the actual like um, groundsman, I want the pitch go." Okay, I can remember Brian Hall uh, saying to our groundsman down at the old ground that he wanted the pitch bought in five, 
yards each side. And, um, you know, he said, why? I've never done this in all, all my football, you know, whilst I've been looking after this ground. The old fella said, and he said, well, because we need to close them down quicker. You know, and it, and it worked on the day. You know, we beat them 2-0. We actually closed them down. In the next game, he said, yeah, push it out of what's the play. You know, yeah. so there were those little adjustments all the time. And, um, you know, I think that that would be a very, very sensible um, way of maybe bringing the game on. Because, you know, it's a, it's a different... At the end of the day, yes, it's football, but it's also different football, isn't it? It's women's football, you know, and there's a, there's a little... If there's little bits that we can add to it to make it more exciting... But we talked. There's always been talk about you know, making the goals bigger. You want more goals in football. Yeah. You know. So so why not? Why not um, yeah. make those little adjustments? But I think you would have some opposition. But it is a really, yeah. really, really good point. Well, look, we were, we were, um, or you were swanning it in Moldova or Macedonia or yeah. wherever you were. Yeah. So yeah, um, in Mankini. Yeah. 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 Exactly. What a prospect. Uh, and uh, Hilda's waiting to get itchy to go, but I, I've got to get in here first, Hilda, for a minute. Um, come yeah. on, then, Mr. Thorpe. What do we feel about Ronaldo? Well, I I am excited. Um, I can't deny it. He's he's uh, an amazing footballer. I it, it, I want to see how his body will now adapt at his age, thirty four years old, coming back into the hardest league in the world. Thirty six. Um, 36, is he? Yeah. So I've given him two years as extra. So at 36, yeah, how can he, can he ca- carry on? He's going to, I'm very excited. I do hope you don't win the league, you know, because of <laughs> yeah, obvious yeah. reasons. You know, but, uh, I, I want to see, what I think is really exciting, you've got Man City, have got an amazing squad. Liverpool look as though they're stronger this year because of the squad they're now developing. But we're still, I think, far behind. Man United have done some amazing work in actually bringing that squad. And what an amazing signing. They've already made uh, 40-something-odd million in shirt sales. Although I am very, very pissed off and disappointed with the club because, you know, my my daughter's uh, fiancé is a Man U fan. Bless him. You know, he, he obviously got treated very badly as a child. You know, and um, they, they went. They went and put the shirts up from like uh, from eighty quid up to a hundred and five. The skirts. What? what skirts are they selling? I didn't know they were selling. Shirts. Hey, skirts. Shirts. <laughs> shirts. <laughs> for the hard of hearing. Yeah. The shirts. They, no. Why? Why put that? Listen, it's it is still a working class sport, and I think they get a, a chance to show. Um, and lead right from the front and I think they failed miserably and I don't understand you know you're taking it out of kids pockets that is and I think it's a disgrace so don't do it if Man United or Liverpool did it I'd be up against Liverpool in, in arms about it as well I think it's it's unnecessary they have enough money in football don't screw the fans but very excited that they bought in and, and to see how it develops mm, indeed Hilda, you've been waiting to get in, so you better get in now. That's right. I was just going to um, round up the uh, the women's football point and just quickly say that obviously it's going to be very difficult for us to kind of make suggestions and bits and pieces without obviously it looking like you say it's men ganging up on on women's football. Unfortunately, there's always going to be that men and women divide when it comes to talking about their game our game um i guess all i would say is i guess from their perspective it 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 has grown in the last 10 years it has 
has got a much bigger profile. The fact that the World Cups and Euros now are on terrestrial TV and now that Sky Sports have got the right, the right it's only going to get bigger and it will be interesting to see how that how that develops over time. But like Thorpey touched on, you're probably going to be looking at another five, ten years before you can start to get more exposure to it, more fans through the grounds, and then um, it, will, it will start to take off and develop more and more from there. Um, as for Ronaldo, um, I'm kind of reluctantly sort of, shall we say, a tiny little bit jealous, too strong a word, Thorpey, because my concern is that I don't think age really matters with Ronaldo. Did you watch nah. the sort of bringing national football into it? Did you see the game against Ireland? Like he absolutely no. single-handedly pulled Portugal out of it with yeah. two late goals and got them the win. The way he plays now is much different to how he was at United the first time around because he used to play as one of those roaming wingers where now he'll be right through the middle. If you get yeah. the ball to him and you cross it into that box, he can still leap like a salmon. Yeah. He'll, he'll still get you 15 to 20 goals, I would imagine, as long as you can keep him fit, which... Looking at his physique, there's no reason why that will be a problem. But um, I worry how that might, you know, from your perspective, Abe, you want to see how the likes of Rashford progress and how um, Greenwood progress, etc. You've got Sancho as well. We can't play them all. But then I guess when you've got the chance to sign Ronaldo, you're not going to turn it down. So, you know, at the same time, it was a no-brainer. What do you think, Josh? You you haven't mentioned anything on Ronaldo? Uh, Yeah, obviously, I think... Any team who could add a goal scorer who looks like he's going to score goal after goal would do it, especially for 25 million. I think he's looked after himself, so age mm. probably doesn't come into it on a two-year deal. The only the only problem I would have is it if it a lot of people say it changes the dynamic of the team, doesn't it? Because he's, like a lot of people say it's all about him. So I hope it doesn't throw off what Man United have been trying to do for the last two years and trying to build this team, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like just give it to him. But I think. I think, like like uh, uh, like we were saying, the way he, he plays now is completely different. He's adapted to be older. He doesn't. He's not the same player he was. He's not the young, exuberant player. He's more of a in-the-box goal scorer. So there's no reason why Zlatan Ibrahimovic came over and done fine. Probably was he. Old? He might have even been older than 36. But mm. I think I don't think I don't see why not. I think Man United fans. A right to get excited by it because I think it guarantees you another 15 20 goals a season, yeah, which must must translate into points uh, somewhere along the line, that's yep. for sure. Yeah, no, but uh, moving on to the internationals, which are totally boring. First of all, I cannot sorry, understand. Can, can, sorry, can I can I just jump in there a little bit? Yeah, if you want, just very quickly, yeah, just very quickly. Um, just for, with, with Josh, uh, question is that as do you remember as you used to play as a youngster? And you always had all that enthusiasm and all that, in, you know, like excitement and used to run around like a headless chicken. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, look at yourself as a player now. You know, I remember a comment my dad made to me, like, when I was playing at Taunton Town, like, and he said, I was 40 years old. You know, and, and he said, I love watching you play now. I said, well, you're not like loving watching me play years ago. He said, nah, now you know where to be. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you as a, as a footballer, as a pro footballer, you know, which I'm, I'm still envious of because, you know, mentally I still want to do it, but you can't because you're, you're knackered, yeah. you know. But do you now see somebody, you know, set up and you think, I know exactly what he's going to do now. And, yeah, and you yeah. go there and it, and it works out. You know, yeah. Ronaldo is going to be like that. He's He now knows where to be. He now knows he hasn't got to, like, 
run around like a scolded ferret. And his control and his body is looked <laughs> after so well that, you know, it's going to be a real asset. I definitely agree with what uh, Josh has said about the dynamics of, of, of uh, Man United's team and the way that they develop themselves as a team and not with any super, real, massive, massive superstars. You know, and that, that, that could change the dynamics a little bit. But like you say, you can't turn down um, a player like Ronaldo. Certainly not a 25 million because they've already made that back and more. Well, it wasn't. It was only nineteen million, actually. There are a few add-ons. Nineteen. Yeah, there are some add-ons, yeah. but I think the basic price is nineteen. But um, so yeah, thanks for letting me jump in. That's all right. Um, I must admit, I just seen a scalded ferret run across my garden. I, I always look out for, uh, you know, the, what's the other version? Um, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, the football, um, the internationals. There's one thing that annoys me. We all get worked up, ready for the start of the season, and the season starts, and we're right into it, and we've got three games, and then all of a sudden, bang, international break, two weeks off. Do you not find that annoying? Because it really does bug me, that does. Hello, nurse? Can I come in on this one? <laughs> I come in on this one? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I do agree that, you know, you wait all summer, considering we've had an international tournament as well. And so you want to try and get over particularly what happened in that Euro final because I still can't watch any of the highlights back or anything like that because it's just too much, too much at the moment. Mm -hmm. And um, so you want to get back into that swing of club football again and then you do get to enjoy, especially this time around as well, because you're watching your team again with fans again and you're starting to get that love for it back again because let's be honest we've all we all love football and we all did during the covid times but we've all admitted on here just how much harder it was to watch and to really get into it in the same way that we did pre-covid so the fact that we've got all that back again and then you get that break as well but having said that i'm not as adverse to international football as others i I think the Re Gareth Southgate has done really well in raising the profile of England, which sounds a really stupid comment because we're England. But I think when you look at what happened with McLaren to Capello to, to Roy uh, towards the latter stages, and then obviously what happened with, um, with Big Sam, that there was just no love for England whatsoever. And I feel like it's, it's much more exciting. Yes, OK, there was elements of... Um, real staleness if you like in some of the games but then that's going to happen when you're playing Andorra but at the same time there was some decent football played as well and I'm looking forward to the game on Wednesday because I think Poland is going to be a big test I'm looking forward to seeing how Lewandowski goes up against our two two centre-halves I think there is games there to still be excited about but unfortunately because of England where they are in the rankings their qualifying group they're always going to get relative minnows within their group it's it's been a while since you really had a kind of a head-to-head -head. was it the 98 world cup where it was england and italy fighting out for a place in in france like you don't really get those kind of groups anymore in qualifying but like i say i'm i'm not too disappointed that international football um is up so early but i do understand the frustration of some fans considering this club football has only just started going again how do you compare uh, England beating uh, Hungary 4-0 and Wales beating Belarus 3-2? Because 
bearing in mind the strength of both the sides, um, the fact that they were both away, because I think Wales' result against Belarus is brilliant. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. The idea of going to Belarus, you know, they're a very good footballing side, I think, and um, they, they, they really sort of played Wales off the park in the first half, really. Mm. Um, they had issues as well, Thorpe. They had Sorry? issues with COVID. They had issues with COVID and visas and stuff. So Wales had quite a depleted squad as well. Oh, yeah, massive, so massive, really impressive squad. Win. Yeah. So you know the fact that Bale, you know, stepped up to the plate. Um, I thought their energy was good. They kept on going. They kept in the game, and eventually they they on their day they got their uh, you know uh, got a win. And uh, where uh, the Moldova think it was, or so the Belarusians think it was, um, you know, justified. End of day football can. Be cruel at times, and I think they um, they definitely you know got a fantastic result there. Talking sure. of that, what about this game over in was it in Brazil or Argentina? It's one of the two um, where they stopped yeah. it after five minutes or something to say, "Hang on a minute, you you fiddled to get on the pitch because of the the paperwork." I mean, what, what's that all about? So, did you hear that um, they're accusing the four Premier League players? I think you're right. I think it was in Brazil, wasn't it? But it was Argentina players who apparently, or the allegations are, that they lied about being in England in the last 14 days, which yeah. is an incredible allegation considering that those four players would have been playing Premier League football the week before, which was televised. <laughs> and yeah. so apparently... Argentina were aware of this as well and the health organisation um, people <laughs> workers apparently were trying to get hold of them before the match and Argentina knew this but they locked their own dressing room so that they couldn't come in and then there were obviously the game started and then within about four minutes was it they came on I mean yeah. it was an absolute farce and it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds but it's also twofold as well because there's a lot of players aid who won't be playing in England next week back with their clubs because they know that there's quarantine rules from some of the countries that they've been to. So some of these players are going to come back and even though the Premier League's going to start again, some of these players are going to miss the next two matches because they've got a quarantine. Mm. So yeah. there's all this stuff with COVID that's still going to disrupt the game because of how global it is. Yeah, what, what do you think? I mean, what would you think of that if you you were playing that game, Josh? I mean, you just got laughed, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Four players come and get detained after five minutes. You just got well. It's just it's just unheard of, really, isn't it? So it's a story to tell the grandkids if you were playing in it. Pushing and shoving as well. It all got a little bit. Argy yeah. as well. Yeah. It was really comical. Well, I'm surprised that the crowd didn't get funny about it. I mean, paid big money to get in to see the game and then five minutes off it's all off it, it's it's laughable really the whole thing is isn't it yeah you just couldn't believe it how could they try and lie when they're on, like like you said they're on tv yeah i know yeah TV, you know i haven't been I haven't in england the last 14 yeah. days oh but didn't, didn't you score last weekend <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a, it's a bizarre, bizarre situation, only, really. Only in football could that happen. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> but then, of course, on the other side of the fence, we had all that uh, those Coke bottles and cups getting slung at Raheem Sterling, my mate Raheem Sterling. 
um, again, you know, I mean, uh, who was it was on? Andros Townsend was on uh, Sky Sports News this morning, and he was saying that, you know, until they hit them with a proper, proper punishment, um, what's what's the point? Nobody takes any notice of it. You know, they'll find them yeah. 50 grand or something and say, well, you know, slap wrist, naughty boy. Waste of time, isn't it? It, it won't happen. There's, there's, there's two points to this, particularly with Hungary, that their own government don't really see this as being a problem, so they don't enforce anything. What didn't make sense to me is that Hungary have a UEFA ban from their fans going into the stadium because of racist chanting and stuff that happened. Because this was a FIFA competition and a FIFA World Cup qualifier, the fans were allowed in the stadium because it was a different competition. Well, surely FIFA and UEFA can talk to each other and say, look, they're banned from UEFA competition from this. So surely that's got they, those two governing bodies have got to come together and talk to each other. But I guess that's just a, a glaringly obvious um problem amongst other things is to why stuff like this is just going to keep on continuing yeah but do, do, can, do you think uh, I, I know that that um sterling had this message on his shirt which was obviously for a, a friend of his that had recently died which is all very tragic but do you think that was not a bit provocative regardless of the sentiment behind it um, no i don't think so at all no no I think that was going to happen no matter what yeah if, yeah as soon as he, even if he didn't hadn't scored, I think the, the reaction would have been the same eventually throughout the game. Mm. Don't I think? I think personally, it just shows the ineptness of the uh, FIFA and UEFA. Yeah, you know, I think the the ineptness of the way they've approached. If that was an English squad, there's no way those people would have even travelled. You know, they'd have been on them straight away. The fact that in a, that it's over in Argentina, they seem to be able to get away with it. The stuff in Hungary as well. They seem to be able to get away with it. You know, the ineptness of, of the, the officials and, and the people who work at FIFA and UEFA are literally just, uh, well, it's just unbelievable how they can allow joke. that to happen. Joke. It's a joke. And again, it costs, costs the general public. And over, you know, over in these countries, you know, it, money is hard to earn. You know, and it's the, it, they're ruining the game. They're just ruining the game. It costs so, a lot of people a lot of money. And they don't give two hoops, they just move on. And um, there might be a small fine, but uh, it won't bother them because they're rich, rich enough anyway. So maybe the answer is to walk off then. But, you know, it's all very well talking about it. It sounded all, bro, you know, butch and brazza. We're going to walk off. Well, walk off then if, if they don't like it. And clearly they don't like it. And why should they have to put up with it? Walk off. Yeah. Bring it yeah, to a head because unless does, somebody yeah. does, yeah. you know, you, it's going to carry on, isn't it? basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, some of these teams are going to need depleted squads, aren't they? Because they, you know, if, they, if you need, you've got 14 days or 10 days quarantine, you know, that you either get them across there earlier. If they're the rules, those are the rules. Mm. We, uh, you can't come over 10 days before, right, you're not in our squad for this game or we want you over. So the club gets more compensation and then the player gets over there and then we don't have this problem and it doesn't cost the general public their harder money in their pockets again, but once again, you know the fan is the one that loses out in it. In mm. seeing a top quality world game because of the ineptness of of the ruling from FIFA or UEFA. 
mm. as I see it, you know. But also, the, you know, the countries have got to take their stand. You know, they've got to be responsible and they've just been blatantly lying and I think they should come down heavily on it. Like walking off? probably say, throw them out of the, the competition. Mm. Yeah, well, but, but the question is, who's going to have the balls to do that? That's going to well, be... They won't, will they? No, no. Because, because FIFA and UEFA sit on the fence more times than a fencer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, quite. Or a scalded ferret. Or a landscaper, even. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention so, a scalded ferret. Um, just just to finish off with, um, nice to see football being played again at Plough Lane over the weekend. Oh, really? Hmm. Fantastic. Did you not know that then? No, I didn't. Hmm. I didn't know that. Well, apparently they played a game there, or a league game. I've, wait a minute. Did I have the paper here somewhere? I can't find it now. But yeah, they did anyway. Oh, here it is. Hang on. I'll tell you now. I will tell you now. Sorry about this, listeners. Uh, yeah, Wimbledon played uh, Oxford United. So wow. uh, And they won 3-1, which is nice. So, Fantastic. you know. So I, I don't know what MK Dons might have thought of that, but uh, uh, that's what happened anyway. I think, the, um, I, think, I, think this, I think they had played there during COVID, but this would have been the first game with fans. Is yeah, that right? Could well be, yeah, yeah. Could well be. But I, th- I just think it's old. it's nice that they get back there. Yeah, yeah no. Def- it was like um, similar with Coventry as well and the Rico, wasn't it? That they mm. were able to go and play back there again with fans. It's disappointing that, unfortunately, clubs have to, to go through this. But um shows that as well that you, you can uh, bring it back around. But there's it's something special about Plough Lane, isn't there? It's something. It's, yeah, it's, it's been here after twenty nine years. Yeah, yeah. It's it's something it's special. Nine thousand. Yeah, nine thousand three hundred um, seater. Uh, the cost of uh, thirty million. Hmm. Over thirty million. So I, th- yeah, I think it's amazing. It's good. good yeah. Good news for football. That is. And yeah, on that point, gentlemen, I'm afraid we <laughs> have run out of time. So. Um, Considering it was an international week, I thought that was a good little chat we've had there about various aspects of football. So thank you yeah. very much for joining us. Josh, thanks for coming on, boy. Appreciate thanks you. For you. Um, no, cheers. My pleasure. Thanks, thanks to uh, Hilda. Thanks for your contribution. Pleasure as always. Uh, indeed it was. And a pleasure to have you back, Mr Thorpe. Thank you very much. And just like to say, Josh, keep it up. And um, let's hope the results come our way. Thanks, mate. Cheers, now. Appreciate it. Cheers. Pleasure to be on again. Cheers, mate. Good. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, until next week, this is me saying cheerio for now and football bloody hell. The heart is a blue You've been listening to... I can't believe it. Football, bloody hell.